Welcome back to Do Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite trip down Paradise Way. Looks like we got a hot little number for you today, so get polished, get primped, and meet us on the dance floor. This is Do Patrol Radio. Hey there, nobodies. You are listening to Doom Patrol Radio, a show being broadcasted on a radio in the middle of a desert, a desert that is actually a painting of one, and a painting that is just collecting dust somewhere in a boring museum. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we're talking about episode number eight of Doom Patrol, which is called Danny Patrol. And Nate, yeah, I need to hear your opinion about today's episode. <clears throat> Let me get all my ducks in a line. Mark. Yes. Nobody's. Anybody else who's listening, this piece of entertainment was one of the best things Mm -hmm. that I have ever consumed in my entire life. (laughs) Hands down, one of the greatest experiences that I have ever come across. Mm -hmm. I was cheesing from cheek to cheek, Mm -hmm. rest in peace, Mac, and you know, it was just the best thing that had ever happened. And I realized, excuse me, I realized, Mark, that we, you and I, you and I, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but you and I, particularly me, (laughs) am so fortunate, are so fortunate that we have, one, that we have a, a visual medium for Doom Patrol. Yes. But more so, going a little bit deeper, I'm glad that it's a series and it's not just a two hour look into what Doom Patrol is for a mm-hmm. wacky adventure yes. and waiting two years for the next installment. Yes. I'm glad that we can flesh out all these ideas and just live and breathe and bathe. I am so excited that... <laughs> I'm so glad that we are able to control our excitement right mm-hmm. now because like, after seeing the episode, we had so much like, we need to talk about this. And we were like setting things up and like we were just having a totally like energetic conversation before we started this show. And I had to like calm us down a little bit. Um, but like now we get to talk about it and, and I can't wait to talk about this whole episode with you, Nate. But like like when we started this day, today is Friday, we're talking about this episode that just came out. Like we came in super low energy because of just the day-to-day lifestyle Mm -hmm. and like we were so excited to talk about this episode but not at the level that we are now like i was i've heard all the hype around this episode i've been hearing all the hype around every doom patrol episode and when that happens i like try to abstain from seeing any content because i don't want that to ruin my actual energy when i go to see something like i don't want my hype to be based on everyone else's hype and then like mm-hmm. those expect- expectation type things. Um, you know, when someone's talking about a new movie, you don't want that to set the tone for your experience because that could 
uh, lead you in the wrong direction. So we tried to abstain from all the talk about Danny Patrol, and like we got to watch the episode, and I kid you not, like I felt <laughs> emotions mm-hmm. that I was not ready to express because you and I had such a rough day you know, just working jobs and, 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 and being normal people and then coming in like super like, like empty in the gas tank, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was so, it was, it was so revitalizing, like an episode of a TV show being revitalizing. Like I didn't even expect that. Like I was just It's like, you feel like you're in the 1980s watching an episode of, uh, insert favorite sitcom here. Yeah, but could a show really be that revitalizing? Dude, we lived it. And like, yeah, it, it, it is. Happened. Mark, I laughed. I cried. I, I honestly felt had, emotions I, that I haven't felt in a very long time watching a television show. It was honestly one of the most, even like betraying, like, oh. like moments of television were. Like, I guess it was kind of like Red Wedding. I was going to say, you got the Red Wedding and then you got the Perpetual Cabaret. Yeah. No. It was. <laughs> It was like one of those where I was like, I, we had like aneurysms after, (laughs) after what happened in today's episode. I honestly was so like depressed all over again, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think, and as we talk about it, I'm going to, I'm going to point out some things that I'm like, yo, this show deserves an award of some type, an Emmy in, in, in any category and mm-hmm. and i think uh most importantly it deserves like a hair and makeup uh costume some e- design acknowledgement. Hair and makeup anything like that yeah hair and makeup because of the work that matt bomber continuously has to do with like the scarred mm-hmm. larry trainer and and to continue like he does multiple things he's not always just like okay you need to just sit there and have this makeup on you like he's he's kind of moving around, he's doing some things. And, and, um, this is, you know, kind of out of the context of the show of this episode, but just in general, like there's a lot of hair makeup, uh, that goes on in in this show. And I think it needs to win an award for that at least. Um, and even with all the stuff that crazy Jane has done, like every iteration of her personalities, like is a hair and makeup job that I think it's like you got, you keep doing so much with Diane. Like you guys deserve some rewards for the hair and makeup. Um, but this episode specifically needs to win an award yeah. for, for writing, for taking my heart and giving it a big hug yeah, Tom, and giving it back to me and saying it, everything's okay, Nate. Yeah. We oh, got Tom you. is the writer, right? Mm, yeah. Tom, uh, fairy, fair, mm, Farrell. Farrell, Tom Farrell. <laughs> Sorry, pal. I'm new to this whole thing. Man, you... Congrats, my guy. You yeah, deserve I'm, I'm calling you out. We're calling you out. You are fantastic. That was one of the best... Like I said, that was one of the best pieces of entertainment that I have ever laid my eyes on. Yeah. You made me feel something. And it was it was great. And I want to keep feeling that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This, this episode does uh, deserve to win an award. This is an... I, I guess the second closest thing to it feeling like i just saw like one of the greatest episodes of of tv ever um is also from titans hank and dawn episode i've talked about it a lot but that hank and dawn episode that shows the origin of the two characters Mm -hmm. i thought that show i thought that episode was great mark i'm gonna bring it back to something else um 
Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. season five, episode twenty-six. A call to arms. A call to arms is one of the best uh, episodes of television that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Danny Patrol surpassed it. Yeah, and that's saying a lot uh, because of the emotions that I was feeling watching this episode. Yeah, and the comfort. It was really yeah. That was a, the biggest thing that I wanted that I'm that I'm gonna tell you and that what I took away from this is that I felt comfortable with everything that was going on and a little envious. I want I want to be a part of. I want to live on Danny. I want to live on Danny. I want to go to right? Danny Land. I want to do all iterations <sighs> of him. I want to hang out with him when he's an ambulance. I want to carry around him as a as a brick. Mm-hmm. I want to do all these things. Yeah, absolutely. it was the best. It was. Man, um, it was just a. It was. It blew my blew my uh, blew my mind. I think. I think. Like, um, I think this episode needs to be released as like a freebie. Like, I, I think. I think. Yeah. I think DC, the, the more population needs. Yeah, to be I think DC Universe needs to be like here's a free episode that you get to watch, and I, I like almost like released for you know how they release things for Oscar nominations for or, your consideration, Mark. Yeah, is that what this called? That's what it's called. Yeah. Oh yeah, like that needs to be a thing where DC Universe goes, like here's a free episode, like just watch mm-hmm. it, and and then people will go, I need to see the rest of this, like I need to. I need to invest now. Like this is such a great episode to show off. Like I think it deserves. <laughs> they need, just do a free a free episode. Just put it out for free, um, and just so more people can see it. And just so and, more people, and... yeah. Because I I have friends who love going to drag shows. Orlando is mm-hmm. a huge like we are so like LGBT like pro and and like like. The community is so strong here in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to show people this episode. Yeah. Um, but not a lot of people, one, are into DC Comics. I mean, they could be, like, pro-Marvel or, you know, like... And then, second of all, it's a paid service, so they're not going to pay and, and watch it. But this is such a impactful episode. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. And I don't think, like, you need to care about the other seven episodes to know how good this episode is like i you should just be able to show it off and the recap is good enough to bring people up to speed um but yeah i would like to show this episode off. It's, it's fantastic i want i want this to make its r- rounds around the internet and people go oh, what is the show like, mm-hmm. that's what I, I that's what i hope for this uh episode is to is to be seen outside of just the people who pay for it like it's such a good show i want people to invest in it but most importantly, like this episode needs to go out there. Um, when we started talking about Doom Patrol, even before we did this show, and we mm-hmm. just talked about Doom Patrol in general, we had such a fascination with Danny the Street, Danny Land, Danny the Brick, Danny the Ambulance. We could not wait to talk about Danny the Street. And uh, they mentioned Danny in the Titans episode, the very yeah. first Doom Patrol. Like we. Uh, when we discovered that the hunter, the guy who was hunting the deer and, and Raven saved that deer's life, the guy said that the Doom Patrol live on Danny Street. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was like, for me, I was like, all right, we're in the money. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, calling the It's Calvary. almost like too much. It's like, whoa, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a that was, big name It drop. was super promising. And, and, and today was the episode where we got to really dive into Danny the Street and, and, and what that was and, and 
this was everything I, I had hoped Danny the Street would be in the show and more. Like I couldn't even I can't I couldn't even call this stuff. Like I, you can't even be prepared for how much more there is to it. Um, so they like exceeded expectations. Um, and, but here we are finally talking about Danny the Street. It's yeah. fantastic. It's weird because um, in in the books and and in this episode, Danny is supposed to be like a a thing that that helps people. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever they are, if they ever see themselves weird or an outcast or abomination, as they call it, whatever, it's a place where you can go and feel comfortable and home, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you feel good. All around, just good inside. This episode did that to me in real life, man. It's yeah. really weird that um, something as metaphysical as a sentient street that in their own universe, it makes them feel good and at home and great mm-hmm. and warm mm-hmm. and fuzzy. But yet, I, you did it to me in real life. That's the metaphysical part that yeah. I can't. I'm tripping over. I'm tripping yeah. out, man. It's yeah. it was it's blowing my there, mind. There, yeah. Like, um, we'll get to it, um, later on down the episode. But th- th- pretty much their their mission was so metaphorical that it was like, like, it was it could be nothing else but impactful. Um, but one of my first notes for the episode was honestly a quote from you as you were watching it. Um, quote from me. Yeah. 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 We'll get into it here. I'll explain it. So the, the show is going to start with agent Wilson. Um, and we're going to follow this, this basically this operative who locates Danny, the street, and then he like infiltrates Danny, the street. And, uh, he's part of the, um, we find out, Bureau of the Bureau of Normalcy, not normality. Normalcy, normalcy. Uh, And they have like a sword and key patch. Um, I wrote at first. I wrote down (laughs) it was the Kingdom Heart franchise coming after the Doom Patrol. Got him. But uh, yeah, so Agent Wilson infiltrates uh, Danny the Street, and Danny the Street is doing what he doing what they normally do in in the comic books, um, which is like. Like hello, Sarah. Like mm-hmm. how's your day today? And, yeah. And, and this the one, the words go, going yeah. on the hello, windows yeah. and the flag going. And you, the one of the first thing you said was like, it just feels so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I quickly wrote it down, even though normally I tell you to be quiet because I don't want to hear your input until yeah. we put it on the podcast. But like, I was like, this, you're right. It feels good. It feels good to be here. It yeah. feels honestly like. Like when you see the people walking around going, oh, he's new. Like, mm-hmm. like, and it's like, what yeah. did was the flag going across the street with the where how you are from? you? How, yeah, how yeah. are you? Where are you from? Or whatever. where are you from? The fact that it just—that's when it hit. Like, oh yeah, like not even that it hit. It was just it, mm-hmm. it reminded me that Danny's a sentient street, and it's it's it feels good to be there. And I was envious of Agent Wilson that was experiencing that for the first time. Yeah, uh, it was. I just wanted to be there. I wanted. I don't. I didn't have to be there because watching the episode made me feel what I think is how they feel in on Danny the Street, and that's it's still it's tripping me out, man. Absolutely, uh, it like honestly, it was like just the just the beginning. Um, seeing Danny the Street from the comic books come to life was, you know, I guess when I read Grant Morrison's, you know, r- versions of of Danny the Street. Mm-hmm. It was very like, like it's cool that this street is living and breathing, and that's all I took out of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a living street. It's like, 
if anything, I just kind of thought of it as like Sesame Street, if Sesame Street itself was a character. But this felt... That's crazy. I've never even thought that far. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, but that to me is still just like, it's a living, breathing yeah. street. And then um, I think I fell more in love with it when it was Danny Land, which I'm hoping in future seasons we mm. see Danny the street evolve into Danny Land. Um, and with with Gerard Way's Danny Land, that's when I started to go, wow, this place is beautiful. Because mm-hmm. then they were like, I guess Danny... Danny uh, Land was showing that it had rides that showcased off like the adventures of the Doom Patrol. So it it felt more home. Mm -hmm. But then this was like, this is our first time seeing it in the TV show. So like, how is it this much more impactful where I, I, it's like you feel the warmth of the sun. You feel like everyone having a good time. Like you want to spend some more time here. And I never really felt that way with Grant Morrison's books where I would be like, oh, I would like to live here. No, this was the first time I was like, no, I do want to live here. Yeah. Because even with Danny Land, I was like, I mean, this is cool. But that it seemed more like... It was big. It felt more like you were... Like, Flex Mentala was trapped there. You yeah, felt like it the, felt you, it was like more... You felt yeah. like the characters were trapped in there. Mm-hmm. This, they, this, they write it as like a as a safe haven, like a Themyscira type thing where it's like, these people are protected here with Danny the street and wherever Danny the street goes, you know, they, they go with. Um, and so, yeah, it, it felt like that where, where it was like, wow, this really does feel like a place where like, and I was thinking, and I was, I was trying to put the pieces in my head. Like, where could I see this in real life? Like, where could they build, where, where could they do a pop-up Danny the street? for like marketing and be like, Oh, you want to come check it out? And like, like that would be cool. Like, you know how they do? Like, I remember adult swim doing like the Rick and Morty thing where Rick and Morty crashed in New York and they did like, mm-hmm. they tore up the ground and put a spaceship in there. And it's like, where's, when does DC universe put money to like prop up a street and be like, <laughs> it's a pop-up street. Get it? Cause mm-hmm. Damien street can show up anywhere. And they yeah. like make little rafters that do like little effects where it says, where are you from? Hello. Friend. Like, I don't know. It's, it's cool stuff. Um, and it was the theming to all of it as well. I mean, that's another reason why we enjoy theme parks as well, because mm-hmm. the theming is, is neat. It's cool. It's immersive. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it's immersive. Yeah. Um, this just took it to a, a whole totally different level. Yeah. And I'm in it, man. I'm in it. Um, I, I understand what you're saying about Grant Morrison and, and think it, when I was reading, um, <clears throat> when you know, the Danny Landon thing, mm-hmm. it always, because we, in the first book, you went through, um, Nernheim, and then you went through Orthwith, like you you went to these fictional settings that mm-hmm. were streets, cities, fortresses, whatever things actually happening in them. They re- already existed re- out of reality. Yeah. And then when you get to Danny the Street, it's like, oh, okay, it's just another one like this. And it wasn't until True. like you're right, it wasn't until when Grant uh, when Gerard Way like opened it up, and it was it was even brighter colors. I mean, mm-hmm. Danny the Street is all bright colors. It's nice. It's happy. It's sunny. It's it's great. But then. There was a lot more pinks and blues and and rainbows and it was all just pretty and and mm-hmm. and fantastic and it was all for Casey and it's like this that and and that was another thing that made it feel good mm-hmm. it made Casey feel accepted uh, amongst what she was witnessing and stuff it was just you got the the new rehash of Danny Land and it just it, it took me more into the aspect of um, it just opened me up more to wanting uh to be that immersed in something like that yeah absolutely it was 
just incredible stuff. Um, when to to kind of bring Doom Patrol into this show, um, first we're going to start off with the aftermath of of the last episode, which is Admiral Whiskers had his revenge on Robot Man. It was a crazy episode. Um, I'm very surprised that these episodes continue to be better and better and better. Um, but um, Cyborg is fixing up Robot Man. And for a moment, I, I was starting to think like, hey, maybe this is how in, in the comic books in, in Grant Morrison's book, especially volume one, closer to around issue 30, uh, 34, um, you know, Robot Man is in a black body, mm-hmm. like a black robot body. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's like a 2.0 body. And I was yeah. starting to think like, ooh, maybe this is how he gets like he could get that like in the future, like. I know not in this episode, but I was thinking like in the future, that could be an actual possibility where he gets that black robot body. Can I tell you something? Hmm? was never really a fan of it. I'm never. I, they do that a lot in comic books, though. Mm-hmm. I remember having a um, the the comics of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Raphael had that alter ego where he was a vigilante. Oh, yeah. And, and That was in the animated movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, that's always... Uh, persistent in his mythology and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I'm not on the up and ups with the turtles. Um, but he would, in, in the comic books, he would don an all black, like bodysuit as a turtle. Um, so he looked like a ninja. Yeah. So a he ninja he, turtle. turtle. And um, I would, I, I, I would kind of think like that doesn't. I don't like that. I just want to see the Teenage Mutant oh, Turtles. Oh, I do remember that being on one of the covers mm-hmm. of the... Yeah. It was yeah. Like, I was like, why is he dipped in oil? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, he was just wearing an all-black suit because he was a vigilante, and like they, they stick with it for a while. And and, um, and I, I, sometimes I don't like that because some people don't like change. But it yeah. was one of those things where it's like where Robot Man was in the black armor too, and it was like... Don't like that. It was almost like forced, like, this is a better robot mm-hmm. body. When it's like, I don't think that's, I don't think ro- that's, that just doesn't seem like it's uh, in his character. But yeah. then again, it kind of has to be because, hey, it's uh, it's there. It's written. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess design-wise, it just looks better when you have Richard Case doing, like, classic, like, like they're. I like clothes, robot man, and jacket. They're in no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the the way that Richard Case drew Robot Man, where it was like the uh, orange robot with the black jacket, like mm-hmm. from a design boots. standpoint, it looked really cool. T shirt, ripped yeah. up T shirt, boots, just cool, cool guy. Yeah, the the black armor thing just looks a little too imperialistic. Um, but if if they do do that, and then like then you know brain the brain comes in and swaps bodies with him, that would be a cool. I'm cool with that. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Cyborg is, is is fixing up Robot Man, and they start to have a conversation about, you know, something that's bothering Cyborg because they saw that painting that the that, that Hangman's beautiful daughter drew in the last episode. Um, and they dropped a hint that I, I never thought looking at the painting, and I guess that's the whole point of art, is you interpret it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, Every time you've seen it. This is like the fifth or sixth time we've seen this painting. Yeah. Maybe the fourth. And so this time, Robot Man is saying that, like, oh, what are you scared about? The fact that you kill all of us mm-hmm. in the future? And that's when I started to think, like, this whole time, you and I have been saying, like, yo, grid's a red flag. Grid's a red flag. Grid is a massive problem. Mm-hmm. Is grid 
going to kill the Doom Patrol? Could be. Like I was talking with Matt, my roommate, friend mm-hmm. of the show, friend of the podcast, um, all last week about um, he brought up the fact that you know Cyborg his arm healing. It's and he still couldn't um, get over the fact that uh, th- he's not Mother Box Cyborg. So mm-hmm. how is it that he's being repaired? Like. It's and that's I mean it's a it's a good question because he he's right it's like how is that we don't know we don't know how Grid is repairing himself we don't know how Grid is adapting all he knows is that Cyborg used the Sat key to take off a governor essentially on Grid so now he's free mm-hmm. to do whatever he mm-hmm. wants so maybe that is without Motherbox technology it's just a supercomputer so it's just learning yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, does are you speculating that grid could essentially be a threat to the doom patrol i would put money into that pot my friend i, I think if, if you're gonna think of so you just have the fact that in the future cyborg kills the doom patrol mm-hmm. and then you go well how could cyborg kill the doom patrol my immediate reaction or my immediate answer would be guess theory would be that it's because of grid and it's because we've been so accustomed to talking about grid as a as a villain of cyborg and, and a threat that lives within him that seems like my immediate theory um and it was in the last episode therapy patrol where it was like okay this is the first time if you didn't know grid was a problem now you know mm-hmm. because they were showing things that grid was doing that cyborg was not okay with and they were giving Grid a voice, and, and 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 Grid was just like, Grid was like, hey, it's just you and me now, baby. There's no Silas Stone. It's you and me, and we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do whatever we think is the best for society, which includes enslaving humans and stuff like that. So I just I think maybe Grid's not gonna Grid's not gonna rip himself off Cyborg. I don't think I I just think Grid is just gonna take over his body, and you'll see. Um, you'll just see him, you know, Jovian Wade will be playing Cyborg, but it'll be Grid. And so he'll just be like all red or something like. All red? Like LED lights will be all red and stuff instead of being all blue or something. Something that would be like, okay, he's he's bad he's guy. He's bad guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be crazy and gory and graphic and cool if, if you know, Grid did rip himself out of the body. I think that would be. It's inc- terrifying. Inc- That's stuff of nightmares, to be honest with you. It's man. incredible stuff. Um, but I, I definitely think that grid is grid is going to be a huge problem. And 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 if if grid is the reason that the Doom Patrol get killed off, quote unquote, could that be the season finale? And that Mister Nobody won't even be the season finale. He'll be continuing continuously like a big problem. I mean, he is a continuously big problem throughout Grant Morrison's run. It's not like they have one encounter of Mr. Nobody and that's it. No, it's it always ends on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. He's always just doing something while they're they're doing their own thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, I would I would believe that. Hmm. It's not like I don't I I highly doubt that at the end of the season Niles Caller is going to come back and they're going to be a happy family and picture perfect. Yeah, that's, it's like we're used to that. That's not Doom Patrol. Yeah, and and having if Niles was a recurring character like that, like how could that, how could they continue to develop now with, with Niles Calder there and, and, and feeling like that mission is over kind of thing? Like how could you top 
Mr. Nobody if, if he's gone in, in one season. So he could be a multi-villain or multi-season uh, villain. Yeah. Um, you got to remember that the, it's the Doom Patrol was never, and even to this day, is not about Niles Calder. It's about the havoc that Niles Calder wreaked on these people. <laughs> and I, I thought you were going to say something else, and, and now I'm going to say it, but it, it, Doom Patrol was never a successful team yeah. either. So yeah. it's like, why would, they, why would they even win at the end of the day? Um, they could screw up and, and grid could happen, and that would still be on them, and they could overcome that, but they'd still never fix their problems, which is mm-hmm. like, hey, Mr. Nobody is still like, you cannot defeat him kind of thing. Um, or can they? Question mark. Um, according to this episode, um, but yeah. So what ends up happening is is the <sighs> robot man. There's a phone call that's made by uh, um, Crazy Jane, who is now Karen, who we'll get to. But Karen calls. And and what ends up happening is the Doom Patrol splits off like they normally do into pairs, and and this is going to split off into Victor uh, Victor Stone and Larry Trainer dealing with one subplot, and then Rita Farr and Robot Man dealing with another subplot as they go deal with Karen. Um, but uh, Karen invites over Rita Farr because she's going she's going back to to get with. Doug or Dougie and she's like this 90s she, she's like a woman born in, in 90s references mm-hmm. like she, that's living in today's society because yeah. she's, up, she's up to par with the lingo but her facsimile is uh, all 90s rom-coms I believe is what they yeah, say yeah like every reference was like a 90s rom-com movie like mm-hmm. she <laughs> manic pixie dream girl like stuff like that there were so many 90s movie references, like, just, like, even when she was, like, insulting people, I was, like, <laughs> like, and, and as we talk about, you know, this episode, like, there's a bit of a, a dichotomy or a duality with this episode, the way that they wrote it so that, um, like, just think about, like, what Victor Stone and Larry Trainer are going to be dealing with, and then, the life of Karen and Doug was such the opposite thing that Rita Farr and Robot Man were dealing with, um, and 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 that was, I don't know if, if if a lot of people caught on that, but that that was like, it was like wow, this this two different settings, like the complete one eighty, like a complete mirror, or like, yeah, just duality, reverse, yeah, complete, not even com- reverse. Just a complete opposite. Sure. Or like setting. It was crazy. Um, so Rita Farr and, and Robot Man go to see uh, Karen, who is Crazy Jane, one of her personality. Apparently one of the worst, most dangerous personalities because mm-hmm. Karen um, like has like mind control powers. She uses love, which is... Is I, that yep, it? That is it. Mark, that is one of... They're right. That is one of the most dangerous things. Yeah, like that you Harry don't, Potter you don't, spell. Don't play with fire. What Harry Potter spell? The love remember, potion? Yeah, remember what was that? Was that the fifth one or the sixth one? That was um, that was uh, Half Blood Prince. Yeah, Half Blood Prince. Where Ron gets uh, the 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 love potion, the lust potion. Uh, Harry actually took it. Ron, he just made him think that he took it. Wait, no. the lust potion. <laughs> the luck, I'm thinking of the luck potion. 
Oh, I'm thinking of the luck potion. Yeah, you're thinking of the... I'm thinking of the thing that Harry Potter got fucking stoned and walked around the campus looking for <laughs> shit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter and and getting stoned. Yeah, a new book. Um, no, yeah, like Ron gets like lust yeah, he potion. Gets, he gets the and, yeah, and, and that and I guess that that could be the thing. Maybe the, now I'm just thinking like, was it mind control? or Was it just the power the power of love? Now I'm just thinking about love potion number nine. What is that? Are you kidding me right <laughs> now? Uh, sorry that is a song I and know. it is an american classic <laughs> you should be ashamed take it away nate um it's just uh yeah it seems like karen uses the uh the power of love in like a controlly way which is hey that's dangerous buddy yeah bucko bad this is sheeps all hope all the sheeps are listening <laughs> And and the other personalities are not having it, especially Hammerhead. No. We get yeah. to see Hammerhead. Which Hammerhead, I mean, like, of course, you, some may say that she could be the complete opposite of mm-hmm. Karen. Dude, di- yo, I, yeah, we almost skipped it, but, like, yeah, Diane's, um, like, ability. I've said it, I've said it already. So it's, just, t- it's like United States of Terra level, man. It's another show that had multiple personalities. Um, but uh, this is superior. Yeah, yeah, Diane is 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 killing it in every single way. Yeah, like there's always that that sense that someone could just be doing stereotypes or stuff, but it's the ability to switch like that, mm-hmm. and 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 the use of body language to the ability to understand it, these characters that are presented to you, mm-hmm. and it's the ability to <laughs> in the same freaking day. Mm-hmm. do all of these different characters and understand the difference between them so you're not seeing similarities in one performance you know it's 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 insane what she's doing it's it's groundbreaking maybe not groundbreaking it's, uh, it's very very uh confident it's insanely confident yeah very confident like and 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 like it's like and and i think mostly it's 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 Diane's ability to to invoke the the correct body language for that personality, mm-hmm. like with Hammerhead, it's like it, brash. It's, it's harsh. Sh- you know, when it's when it's Karen, like the shoulders are are popping and and like you know the hands, you know the arms don't really go anywhere mm-hmm. because she, it's, it's posh. It's it's yeah, polite. It's, 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 it's like, petite. It's, it's like figure. posh and, and like yeah. the hands do most of the movement and the head tilting does, and then it's and then it's Hammerhead. And it's drops your it's, shoulders. It's forearms are yeah. flying because for like this is a woman who's ready to fight mm-hmm. and and ready to kill someone, and 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 that's the thing where it it's Diane's ability to turn things on like that. Um, when she turns into um, uh, it's not baby doll. I'm getting that confused with with Sucker Punch, but her other her other no car- baby doll is is the is the nice the sweet one the little girl really yeah. okay sorry. Um, but that one, she's like, cause she's a child. She's like, I think like most of the time she's like kind of tucked in mm-hmm. like a child would be when she's sitting down and it's, it's those, those things to be like, okay, well this is the, this is the behavioral language of this character. Not so much. I got to do a voice mm-hmm. or I got to be a stereotypical or just rely on the hair and makeup to sell it. It's like the, the body language is the nonverbal acting is, is reign supreme and and, that, and that's why it's like it's kind of cool to see her especially in that kitchen scene where she's karen and then she's hammerhead and then she's karen again it, it's one of those where it's like 
this is the same person. This mm-hmm. is the same actress, and and it's incredible. Um, but then cutting back over to uh, Victor Stone and Larry, Larry Trainer, aka Negative Man, Negative Man. Yeah, but they they don't call him that yet. Not yet. We're getting there. Um, they get a cake at their door, sent to their doorstep, mm-hmm. um, asking for Niles Caller. Uh, this is one of the coolest cakes I've ever seen. I want this cake. Yeah, like, you know, just how, the map. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Like, like have you ever seen like those screen printed cakes? Yeah, like they got the Pokemon on it. It's made out yeah. of sugar. And yeah, you're like, yeah. I want that slice because that's Charmander on it. Yeah, like that's literally happened to me. That was a Jordan Hernandez's. It birthday. happened to everyone yeah. when they were young, and Pokemon was a thing. Yeah. Everyone got the the Pokemon. sugar printed Pokemon cake. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be a great title. Um, but like. That I want that cake. <laughs> Sugar printed Danny cake. I hope that the writers for Doom Patrol like order a cake for themselves that has that and and they enjoy because I think that's that's a I was like that looks like a cool cake. I was curious though. I don't know um what because there was Danny Street that was colored in, mm-hmm. but then there was also two other places that were colored in, and I was curious as what those were. Maybe because they. They Cloverton. They live in Cloverton. That's yeah. in Ohio, yeah. and they went to Springfield. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So was Cloverton maybe just highlighted and colored in, and was something else Cleveland? Because everybody's a big was Drew like, Carey show fan. There was lakes and and parks that were like blue and green. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, and okay. then and then that Danny the street was the red block mm-hmm. on the on the cake. Um, I was it. I don't even know if it was sugar printed or if it was just intricately like icing. Could be, and and they were just doing like little sugar bricks for like the landmarks and stuff. Again, it like it it honestly just looks like a map, and I was like, that's a nice cake. You know, they had to have ordered the cake because it's in the show, but I hope they ate it too because <laughs> that would have been a cool experience. Um, it might not have been a full cake. I mean, it may have just been like cardboard with frosting on it you know what i mean keep its yeah. form kind of thing i want that cake i want that cake too guys make a cake send it to us <laughs> make the cake da- uh was it danny cakes give uh, yeah that danny, needs to be danny cakes give us the uh blueprint that you used tweet at us and we'll Tell just us, start yeah. making danny cakes let just for know. our own pleasure let you us know, know how we can get a danny cake made and i will order it <laughs> because i want one <laughs> Um, the fact that Larry was carrying it around the whole time was yeah. for most of the time. That was just, it's just, it makes me smile. And yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because I get just this, when I see, when I see Batman come down as a cloaked figure mm-hmm. and pick someone up and take him into the, the rafters, like yeah. a vampire, Yeah, it makes me feel yeah, that's cool because that's mm-hmm. that's how I like it. But when I see Negative Man, Robot Man, Elasta Woman, Crazy Jane on screen, just doing normal mannerisms, yeah, just any sort of just regular movement, just them being there, it makes me just feel like something on a completely different level. Like I said, we are so fortunate that we get to see this unfold before our eyes. I never would have guessed that a visual medium of Doom Patrol would exist because I thought that it was wacky and people didn't like that and i thought i was the weird one for reading doom patrol which is okay and i feel like that was uh maybe the point of it all but we said it a few years ago 
that um, someone asked us, I think I said this before, someone asked us a question, what our pick for a comic book movie or whatever it would be. And we instantly answered Doom Patrol. Like, yeah, let's... Uh, oh, yeah. Do you remember that? can't remember I whose can't show it was on. I believe that was a question that we were asked a very long time ago. Yeah, it was one of our... It, it was like year one recording, probably like the first couple months wow, of us getting that was, microphones. That was like two years ago. Who asked it? Well, I mean, was it Scott? Was it Scott no, Corelli? It was, no, it was Lance Stanford. And oh. We were doing... Uh, we were on his show... Um, talking about video games or something. Real Comic Heroes. That's I, the one? Oh, yeah, maybe it was Real Comic Heroes. Either way, um, they were asking us about, yeah, what what would we like to have seen, mm-hmm. like, adapted? And, it, yeah, it was It, it was almost instantly. We were like, yeah, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. <laughs> um, so it was, it's just great. Um, very fortunate. Very yeah. fortunate, especially now. This yeah. Danny's, Danny Patrol episode just is a landmark Mm -hmm. to me now Mm -hmm. i will continue this for the rest of my life i will hold this episode very fond Uh, on yeah again honestly if it doesn't receive any recognition highway robbery very disappointed that 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 this would not be recognized for anything but hey i'm still glad it exists yeah absolutely the fact that it even exists is is something that we can cherish um, it's almost like I was wrapping up the episode. Not a chance, not a bucko. Ch- we're like halfway through, my guy. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. So when they do come, they do find Danny the Street finally. No, Danny the Street finds them. This, thank you. That and they... Good correction. Uh, they, in turn, appear. Mm-hmm. There is no... They didn't get on the bus. They didn't take a plane. They didn't hitchhike to Cleveland, Springfield. They showed up because then it did it at the same time at the end of the episode, and that's when I because re- I was going to ask that question. I was like, "How do you think they got there? Like, you think they were just going to drive? No, they were reading the cake wide open, and then they probably just looked up and was like, "Oh, we're here." <laughs> yeah, because it wanted um, them to find, uh, and this is where Danny the Street starts to look more like the Grant Morrison mm-hmm. adaptation because or the incarnation because he he created it right Mm -hmm. um danny the street in volume two of doom patrol i I believe is the very first issue yeah well in the very first like issue 35s they're introduced um but it may not be that issue may be the one after it where when the when crazy jane does find danny the street it's uh it is run down and closed off because the brotherhood of nowhere mm-hmm. has been looking for Danny the street. Um, and I think it's, uh, they were also looking for, um, Ray or Raya. Um, and so this is Raya where, from therapy. No, uh, from, yeah. Uh, wasn't yeah, therapy Doom, patrol. Doom patrol, patrol. Doom patrol patrol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Raya Jones. Um, and, yeah, this is where Danny the Street looks like that because it, it's it is defeated. It's it's like honestly, there's a lot that Danny the Street reminds me of, like in a sense, like like Bourbon Street, like French Quarter Street. Like it's it. What is it? Is it the architecture? Is no, it... it's not the architecture. It's more like the life of it. Okay, but then if you ever go to like Bourbon Street when it's like not busy at all or it's dead, you kind of go, man, what happened? Like where is and, and that's kind of like have you ever have you seen Bourbon Street when it's been dead? Does that is, that exist? Uh, just not as busy. 
what at like a like a 10 a.m on a tuesday <laughs> yeah like you're going to get oh coffee. i can't say that because fat tuesday oh yeah it's true so at 10 a.m on a wednesday because the uh, day after i think it's it like would lit. still bleed over though yeah ash wednesday oh yeah and so then that maybe bourbon street isn't popping right i don't know i've never been um but yeah you can go be getting like coffee in, in the french quarter and, and and see bourbon street like almost lifeless compared to how it is at night and be like Whoa, like this is a 180. I've seen Daytona uh, batten down for a hurricane, and that's like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. a, that's a weird sight, man. Beach towns after, like, before a hurricane. Woo. Yeah. That's Everyone's wild. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's gone. That is wild. Um, and yeah, that that's where it's like this started to feel. And people are like, there's some people like running around, like all scared and stuff. Like, scared? Yeah. And oh, in da- I thought you we were still talk- talking about Bourbon Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so hey, not to scare anyone, but always travel in groups. Yeah, in New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah. Anyways, deep deep sleep. Uh, no, no, no. There were some people scared in 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 like Danny the Street. They were like, uh, yeah, they were standoffish. Skittish, yeah, skittish. Even even Danny the Street's kind of like, yo, who are you? And mm-hmm. like, cat got your tongue, kind of thing. Yeah. And and that's yeah. Um, it just it's me thinking about it and thinking about the messages and. I don't know what it is. I guess I had to see it in a visual medium, it unfolding before my eyes for me to really take in the fact that Sentient Street, like it's it's mm-hmm. okay and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Just go with it. And yeah. again, it's it makes me feel envious. I that is the type. Mark, you and I are not um, prone to accept escapism. Mm, yeah, yeah. I but see, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. This is the escapism that I want. This is the escapism that I thrive in and that I would actively seek in real life. Well, yeah, because I get what you're saying. And, and, and here's the here's what I think is the answer to that, is it, to explain it, is because like where something would just be purely for escapism, like a, like a complete show or a movie or a book. Celebration Florida. What do you mean? Celebration. It's literally the prime example of celebrate of escapism. The town celebration, Florida. Yes. Oh yeah. That is like forced escapism. It was supposed to be. Huh. I wonder if that that had an effect on a on any of this. Huh. That's um, something to think about. I've never been to celebration. Oh, it's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's like Stepford Wives wild. Yeah, but see, and it's expensive and it's crazy on like yeah it, everything it's yeah. So let's it is like occupied Disney town. So let's look at like uh, Max Max Fleischer's Superman. That mm-hmm. would be escapism on a sense that like that that is escapism. Like Superman, or want this guy flying. In Superman a cape? is a yeah. Superman is a hero. Everyone is a good person. Racism and poverty does not exist. You are like this guy is going to save all of us. The only thing you got to worry about is an evil scientist or a giant dinosaur. And uh, the only one who's going to ever get actually hurt is Lois Lane. So you don't even have to worry about anything else. Superman saves the day every time. He doesn't go home and at 7 p.m. and hang up his cape, even though he does. And, like, like, that's escapism. But why this works is because the world is not escapism. Doom Patrol is not escapism because you do have Hank, who's... Um, Hawk and he deals with like you know being sexually assaulted as a kid or even Crazy Jane Kate Chalice being sexually assaulted as a kid like there's some 
dark shit happening in this world. Mm -hmm. And then Danny the street embodies itself and comes alive. And then you go, an escapism realm does exist, and you want to live there because in their world it exists. That's why the escapism works is because they've created that area where you are like, okay, I want to live here. Mm -hmm. It's not like the whole world is escapism and you're like, oh, I love Doom Patrol. It makes me feel so good. Like, that's not the point. You're supposed to feel like a, like, (laughs) you're supposed to hate yourself. Like, you're just supposed to be like, yo, I I feel terrible for these people. Mm -hmm. Like, they got to suffer through this. Robot Man does not live a good life. Um, And it's one of those things. So, yeah, I understand what you mean where it's like when we see Doom Patrol in the show, given the context of everything that has happened so far in the past eight episodes, of course we're going to be like, I just want to live here and party all the time. I want to live here. It just makes you feel good. Yeah. I want to talk to Danny the street. I want to walk down the street and I want to just wave. I just want and, to and talk like to the ether, but it's talking back. Almost. And everyone else that's there. Yeah. Like I would love to spend my time in this, uh, this dance club that we're going to talk about now, which is called Peeping Tom's Perpetual Cabaret. I thought you were trying to throw it to me. It's cool that I didn't start talking because I would have walked all over you. I think, yeah. You gave a little head thing and it was awesome, I should say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were going to like do a ba 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 and like gesture towards me. Um, can um, I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Peeping Tom's Perpetual Cabaret. I love it. And so <laughs> Victor Stone and Larry Trainer walk into Peeping Tom's and um The fact hang on, first off. Go for it. <laughs> it's the it's the little things that count, Mark. So their attention is drawn to the cabaret because there's little things like the messages that we see from Danny the Street, the ga- uh the steam coming up from the sewer, by the way. Amazing callback. Yes. Um and the whistling. The whistling was one of the things that it's Ah, it just makes me smile because yeah. it's 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 it, it's again that driving the force of a sentient street. It's just guys, you just gotta roll with it. You just it, you gotta let it go. You gotta uh, you gotta be here and now, Ramdas, and control it and just be yourself. And mm-hmm. the fact that like it was just a little whistle to get your attention to look over there, and it was, it's just cool that sound like that exists. That Danny can have a little whistle. And it draws your attention. Ugh. Yeah, and it's yeah the the, the thematics of it all. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, if you ever go to Universal Studios Orlando, Florida, and like you're going towards like where Terminator is, like once you pass like what used to be the I Love Lucy store, but now is the Hello Kitty store. Um, there is like a little like a little street light. Little, oh little yeah, ding ding, like stop, and it's like you know because you're like in the Hollywood area, I guess, yeah. and and it's one of those things where it's like. The, the bells and whistles and, and the chimes like that Danny the street does where you go like like it doesn't have to always do a sign or like rearrange letters or produce steam like it could do like a and like you're like yeah. hey like, yeah what is that and so um yeah there's just uh, just cool stuff that they that they do with the street and and they really bring it to life and um I think it's it, I think doing those things for for Danny the street are they were probably really simple and they didn't require much like brainstorming, but it, it, it's, I think that's adds to its power where it's like, it was so simple and so effective to just do like, Oh yeah, we'll just make steam come up and make letters. Oh, we'll just rearrange the letters on the, um, on, on the, on the, uh, boutique 
the ones that said like men's warehouse, but it had like dresses on the oh, men. menswear. Yeah, 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 yeah menswear, yeah. and it but was that's dressed, just what it was. Uh, and it was like, I'm yes, love, I'm here for just that. Just simple, yeah. just simple things, because anyone could have just said, "Hey, what if menswear?" And 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 it wasn't just traditional what guys wear. And it was like, duh, like that's perfect. That's it's so simple and yet so effective. Um, yeah, go for it. Oh no, I was just. Um, we're just we're we're still walking in the cabaret, right? Yes, we haven't even walked in. No, yet. we haven't even walked in. I don't know. Oh I was God. just, um, I got my little jazzies. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I'm lying to myself, but I got my little jazzies because it, the mo- the mention of a cabaret, I, the Flex Mentalo introducing it to Casey in Gerard Way's book, it, that was promised to me because I just want to see Flex Mentalo too. I know. <laughs> it gets to a point where it's like, I want to see everybody. And then once you have like the core members you get used to him, but then you just keep on wanting to go further. Mm-hmm. Like you want to branch mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Like we got Danny the Street, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then if we get a Flex Mentalo, that's gonna be even greater. It's just gonna, it's all gonna just round it all out and feel good. Um, yeah, we're in it. So we get to the cabaret, and it's a, it's a little, it's a calm night. Yeah, it, it's doing its thing. Um, and and at first, I thought that that was at first i thought that was like um unaffected um because I, I you know once you see the rest of the episode you go wow no this place could be a lot more livelier mm-hmm. and at first i was like okay it's it's doing its thing it's chugging along um and then we get to meet some characters um and 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 this is where we see agent wilson again um but now Agent Wilson goes by Mara Lee Corrupt. And um immediately I caught that and I was like, This is a morally corrupt. That's a that's a cool name. I like that. I love when they do names like that. Um so I definitely like that. It was a cool name. Um <laughs> How do you what do you what do you take away from that name? How do you uh how does that get applied to Agent Wilson? He uh they they explain it like later in the episode. Um, but I I don't know, like, cause, cause Marley says that they, they became corrupt, but I guess that's a, I guess that's a dig towards the Bureau of Normalcy where they, where they would say that. And, and maybe she's trying to own that. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe Marley is like, if that's how they think of me, then that's who I am. And, yeah. and like an empowerment thing. Um, absolutely. I just thought it was a cool name at first, and I was like, I, "Hey, you turned it into a name," and I thought that was cool. But when she applied it to herself, I was like, well, "You're not morally corrupt." Like, I don't. But then I, you know, when she explains it, then I was like, oh, "Maybe that's how they think," and and you know, maybe it's maybe it is in that kind of sense. So I'm not trying to like, I'm not just trying to make that up and and like it sounds cool. Like I would. I don't know. I would like to know. What do you think? You think uh you think it means something specific or not particularly. Um I think it is a more of a uh, let me own it. This is a title that you are, you know, it's supposed to be disgraceful, but hey, don't care. I'm going to own it. And it turns it it turns it on itself and it's just uh it's like you said it's an empowering thing. I'm all for it, man. It was this was an empowering episode the metaphors were screaming at me mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the yeah. just I, again just do doing the right thing 
Yeah, absolutely. This, epi- this thing was doing the right thing. Um, and it was very, it's it's topical. Uh, very topical. Very important. Very topical. For this very to happen in this too. day and age. And, yeah, and given our political climate mm-hmm. and everything in America, absolutely. And it is doing, I thought it did wonders to that. Uh, mm-hmm. It needs, there needs to be more. Yeah. There needs to be not only acceptance, but celebration mm-hmm. and, and, and support. Um, and I think that's where lines kind of get drawn sometimes. And it's disappointing because people, people who are unwilling to change, even though that it might be ethical, will, will subdue just to acceptance. Like, okay, fine. You guys exist. And it's like, boy, can't you just like support other people who like live their lives differently than the way you choose to live your life? And so like it, it it is a like outside the fact that it's a doom patrol show or a dc superhero show a comic book show like it's a show that's promoting you know like non-binary gender queer um people who have transitioned like like it celebrates all that it doesn't it doesn't just do um the acceptance of gay characters and just to say, okay, we'll include a gay character. It's not that. It is honestly like like a celebration. It is mm-hmm. support for the characters. It is these characters are even <laughs> bigger and better than the characters that you've been probably following for eight episodes of a show about. Like it is those it, it is that well written where it's not just all right, fine. People, gay people are a thing. Here's a gay character, and that's what works so well about this show is that it, it not only accepts it, it, it celebrates it and supports it. Um, and and there's a moment where you know for for people who are are new to Doom Patrol and and they're trying to learn about Danny the Street, there is that dialogue between Marley, uh, Larry Trainer, and and Victor Stone where they're where Marley is trying to explain. Danny the street led them here and you know, like, oh, who's Danny the street? I think she's saying Danny is a street and he said, how could he be a street? And you know, morally corrects Victor Stone says them. And it's a Danny, the street is gender queer because it's a street. I mean, it's a, you know, and, and those, those uh, s- s- social norms, yeah. social constructs, they don't exist here. Mm-hmm. This is a safe haven. And, um, um, like, this uh, this brings one of the like what I believe <laughs> I thought it was one of the smartest things ever written, um, but it it kind of it kind of sucks that it happens to Victor Stone, but I get it because the setup is great. Um, but Victor Stone kind of is like Psh, like okay, and he's like having and he still can't wrap his mind around the sentient street. Yeah, and 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 morally, I thought about this immediately, and 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 who I'm going to use as an example might be a, a bit of controversy, uh, depending on if you like this character or not. But I thought Morley was, was just as well-written as Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor was in Dawn of Justice, where it was like everything Morley said in that scene was like multi-layered in mm-hmm. a sense of like she's quipping at them, but also like doing like something that was like, as far as writing goes, it's like, that's smart. That is so intelligently written that it's like a joke 
as well as information exposition. And uh, like she's trying to explain to them about Danny the street. And here is Cyborg, a machine. And she's trying to explain non-binary. And it's a robot who, you know, that's associated with programming and binary. And so she's explaining non-binary using binary is is this joke insult that she does. And I I was like, yo, that's it. that was it. I was like, I had to tweet it out immediately because I was just so like, oh my God, this is like, I was like almost expecting it. Like I almost saw like the alley oop where like the baseball was or basketball was <laughs> sorry. The basketball was thrown up and I was like, she's gonna do a binary joke for non binary. And it sure enough it happened and, and I was like mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my god. So well done. So well executed. Um and and uh, yeah, I was like, Wow, I'm fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um and and so and so yeah, this is um, it was just it just felt really good. It just felt, all of it, right? Yeah, yeah just every felt every single thing. So cool. Um, there was one gesture at, at that exact moment where um, mm-hmm. they were talking about Danny the Street and and gender queer and all these things, and Vic couldn't get it, like it wasn't getting to him, mm-hmm. but Larry got it almost immediately, mm-hmm. and I think he wasn't embracing it at first, but he he was he was following. He was on the same page. And he, Vic didn't get it. And Larry just kind of like looked over and just kind of like gave like a little, just a one handed, he, he took, took it up and was just like, come on. Like one of those, like, come yeah. on, man. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem we face uh, in real life where it's like, people go, Psh, okay. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Psh, okay. Yeah. It, it was like, Psh, okay to your life. It like, felt good. It, again, uh, nonverbal acting, but it was, it was just a gesture and yeah. a gesture coming from a character that is dressed in bandages, so you can't see anything yeah, except it's so for... Yeah, so important. It's so important. Yeah, except for appendages moving and stuff like that. So his little... Come on. <laughs> that just meant so much to me. Yeah, absolutely. And and as we move forward, like this is a character... I guess when you really think about it, um, who they really are has always been wrapped up in bandages. And here is Matt Bomber finally seeing... You know Matt Bomber's character, Larry Trainer, finally seeing people being like, like they've already gone past that point that he wants to get to, right? And he like, he wants to be like these people in the sense that they can be open about who they are because that's always pained him. Again, we talked about it in the last episode, but it was like the context that he grew up in mm-hmm. is not what Danny the Street is at all. Like this is this would be the mem the the memory that you know, the negative energy leaves them when he leaves the body and says, here you go. You can live like this. Like th- this would be one of those things where it's like, this is, it's, it's, I guess, again, the perfect metaphor where you see the way everyone is in this cabaret. And then you pan over to Larry Trainer, who is a guy completely concealed in bandages. Like that is, um, the metaphor. Um, but th- that, that's where we get to learn more about Larry Trainer. um, I guess I, we get to learn, we get more backstory on Larry Trainer. Oh, the flashbacks and everything? Yeah. Okay. So he is um, taken by the Bureau of Normalcy a long time ago. We, that's the antagonist of this entire episode is, is the Bureau of Normalcy. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I got, a, I got an X-Men vibe out of this because the dude, I didn't catch his name and it's really not important. Um, oh, it was like, uh, what was his name? It was like Donnie or something. No, 
so Darren was the guy that was Darren. Is that the same guy? I thought it was. I thought there were two different dudes. There was oh, the guy yeah, they that were different Larry, dudes. yeah, yeah. So the guy that like was in charge mm-hmm. of Larry in that Bureau of Normalcy, yeah, down there in 1963. Mm-hmm. And I think Darren was not that same guy. I don't remember. I can't remember his name. But anyway, um, I, I can see your X Men vibe, dude. He reminded me of William Stryker. William Stryker, yeah, like, yeah, I. I was like, this dude looks like he could play William Stryker in, in an X-Men thing, like, tomorrow. If they cast him, be like, this guy's playing William Stryker. He'd be like, he looks just like the dude who plays him, mm-hmm. like, in the movies. And so, that's what I was getting. Like, if, if Doom Patrol did go through that that circus act of being compared to X-Men, this is that. This is the, the Weapon X deal? Yeah. 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 I guess it was because he was the only one that was involved in the government dealings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally Weapon X feel. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. Yeah, that's totally the vibe I got for it. Um, so I'm just gonna call him William Stryker from now on. But um, William Stryker esque. William Sh- Sh- Strike esque. <laughs> William Strikers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's when we learned about that the the thing is called the the Bureau of Normalcy, the BN, the B O N. The bond, the bond, the bond bonds. Yeah, you don't pronounce of. Does of become an act? I think sometimes you do. I mean, we've done it in the past. Dawn of justice. Um. Oh yeah, DOJ. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that do it. King of the monsters. Nope, it's just KTM. No, it's KOTM. There you go, King of the monsters. <laughs> KOTM. Go see it in theaters in May. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. And so, um, basically with, with the Bureau of Normalcy knocking on their doorstep, knocking on their street step. Yeah. Um, the, their mission is that they, Danny the street lives off of the energy, um, of these, of these Danny's ends, mm-hmm. denizens, these Danny's ends. It's like citizens, but with Danny. No, denizens. Yeah. The denizens of Danny, but they're Dannysons. Yeah. Wait, what is denizens? The denizens? Yeah. Like people who live there. I didn't know that's a word. Denizens? I thought it was citizens. What's the difference between denizens and citizens? Uh, Dannysons go to Denny's. <laughs> um, <laughs> and citizens only... Watch Citizen Kane. Go to Citibank. Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. it. I was trying yeah. to keep it more uh, architecturally based. Um... They got to keep the party going. That's yeah. basically what morally corrupt is saying: is that you gotta, we gotta keep that. We gotta, we gotta feed this place with more energy. We have got to bring the people back and 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 restore the life of Daniel Street. And I thought that, or else fall to the Bureau of Normalcy. And I thought that was the biggest metaphor because that is the mission now. The mission of this episode, of this of this story plot, where it's like the climax of the show would be keeping the party going is a, is, is the metaphor because if, if, if people like the people on Daniel street, like if we do not continue to, to celebrate who we are, um, despite trials and tribulations, like we will succumb to the social constructs of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Everyone had, you know, uh, Again, bringing bringing the other subplot into the story. Like, if we don't celebrate who we are, then we succumb to like 
how Doug and Karen are. Milk toast crap. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. It's like it's like that's who we become. The pink sweater wearing Doug who's like it's a proposal. Ugh, it's that's like I don't want that lifestyle. Yeah. And whatever Karen was about, I was like, that's cool and all. Not for me. Like I would like that and that's what was so cool about this episode is that is that they made that. They made that like um that's that duality mm-hmm. of the two of the two subplots. Um and yeah, I thought that was a really cool metaphor that they that they did for the show. It was like not only the, the mission of the episode, but like in life, if like when we talk about comic books, and especially when we when you and I always talk about Doom Patrol, the ability to to read those comic books, take out that gem, and apply it to like the real world, whether it's a movie or an actual comic book, like you should feel a sense of aspiration to go and be a better person because these should be your role models. Um, you gotta keep that party alive. You, you gotta keep you the gotta, party alive. You, you gotta got, fuel the fire. You the have fire that's to, inside you. You have to. You have, and and this is a great moment that that Marley brought up towards the end of the episode. It was like to look in the mirror and be like, "I am proud of who I am now because I have cast it off like those those constructs that like def- made me that forced me to be something that." That once I once I experienced Danny the Street, I realized who I was, mm-hmm. and like I I finally was able to like shed that and and be and be that and be so and like that's what that's how we should feel, like we should, like. But Mark, we don't have something like Danny the Street where we can go. But we don't need to, right? I mean, we should. I guess I guess in a way that could be used as a because, crutch, but yeah, it's hard because like nowadays, like you and I, like just to get on like a real level for a bit, like we we don't feel like that you know sometimes we we look in the mirror and 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 this was and and uh doom patrol patrol was you know at the time it i i still think like it's weird cuz like I, I think doom patrol patrol was one of my favorite episodes of this entire season but danny patrol is like one of the best episodes i've seen in my entire life so yeah. it's, it's almost hard to like it's not even in the same league it's not even the same sport um, but like in Doom Patrol Patrol, that was, that was us talking about how we feel like shit yeah. every day in our <laughs> life. And and we look in the mirror and we go, man, I'm not happy with where I am. Mm-hmm. And, and Danny Patrol is the opposite where Morley looks in the mirror and, and goes, I am happy with who I am now. Like, this is me and I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And, 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 and you being mad about it fuels me. Like you can die mad about it, and that brings me pleasure now. Um, and I and I want to get to that level. Like I I want to be I, like that's what I'm talking about. Where it's like those aspirations where you should feel like that. You should feel like you want to look in the mirror and, and be that proud of yourself. You know. Yeah. And and I haven't I, haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten uh, there yet. I'm I'm in it for the ride. I'm yeah. waiting for it, but also. I think it's, it's not going to come to you. It's not going to just fall in your lap. You got to do something about it. Yeah. You got to look in the mirror and go. You got to work. Yeah. You got to work for it. Um, but yeah, cutting over to, um, oh yeah, this, the, we were, um, we were hearing some music. I was hearing some music throughout the episode and I forgot to mention this, but, uh, Clint Mansell and Kevin Kiner, they, excuse me, they do the, um, 
they do the original score? They, they do the music for, yeah, they do the music for Doom Patrol. They, they work together. And Kevin Kiner, uh, he does Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars music, um, most notably. To, okay. It's something you could understand. I get it. Um, and on. then Clint Mansell, um, I first knew him from doing the Ghost in the Shell score, but also he's done like Black Mirror episodes. He's done Black Swan. Uh, he's done so many like actual like movies and stuff and and so they they work together and and they do some cool stuff they do some good work i don't know if one takes some of it and then like i don't know if they're collabing together or just doing their own thing and and you know they they trade off kind of thing but um yeah they both work in it they the 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 background ambient music that was clearly original yeah it was amazing yeah um there was little motifs that were happening that was familiar mm-hmm. uh, motifs of like the Doom Patrol theme, like the credits theme. But then it started to feel like there was a, they're starting to build. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's it could be character theme. There was uh, towards the end of the episode. It was like the first time I had noticed that the Doom Patrol th- intro theme was being uh, like made another return in the episode where I actually heard the theme mm-hmm. and i was like oh wow they actually slower they just yeah hit the same and, and that's when i was like oh yeah i gotta look up who does the music because when they did therapy patrol in the last episode we heard the was it the was that the episode was um when yeah, yeah. larry trainer larry was trainer wakes up, up and he's yeah, wrapping up yeah 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 that's when we were like oh wait this music is so good um but but um cutting over back to um <laughs> karen land where Karen is is proposed to Doug and and they're gonna get married and um, Rita Farr is is I think Rita Farr secretly likes this idea of Karen but knows that she's a threat kind of thing like I think Rita Farr wishes Jane was more like Karen if she wasn't an actual threat you know how do you how do how do there you mean? just seems to be there, at first there seemed to be like a thing where Rita Farr was like. Like, oh, yeah, I could, you know, if you were a normal person, I would really jive with you. And and so for a moment, you think Rita Farr might be the answer to pull Crazy Jane out of Karen. Um, but Karen is, is letting loose that mind control power. And she's got, <laughs> she's got the family mind controlled. Doug is mind controlled. And, and Rita Farr is mind controlled. Um, Can I say something? Yeah. I think it's incredible that... Um because we keep on getting these reminders that Jane had a life back at Doom Manor and Rita was there for it too. So like she, they, they have history mm-hmm. and it's really cool to see Rita knowing mm-hmm. the personas, knowing what to expect and like giving an eye roll because, oh boy, here we go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to see, tend to be reminded that they do have history a lot of times I'm looking at Jane's character from Robot Man's perspective, perspective where she's new and this is all a new thing and I'm still learning about you. Yeah. Very cool how they did that because that was like very strategic of them to be like, how about we just keep Cliff in a room for like 20, for yeah, for almost like 20 years mm-hmm. and he just doesn't do anything for 20 years. So he's to- like totally out of like the conversation between Larry Trainer, Rita Farr, Crazy Jane and Niles Calder. So that we, who are fresh into it, follow a character who's also fresh into it. So that he can say, what the fuck, a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Um, He's sitting on a stoop. He's sitting outside Karen's place 
or I guess Doug's place. I'm not entirely sure whose place it was. I, I think they probably said I, it on the phone. Um, I thought Doug's place was was a little bit different. Like he was more in like a country kind of area. Yeah, I don't remember there being a street right in front of it. Yeah, I think this. I guess Karen has a home, and which is bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's really cool. Again, it's like having, Roger in American. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> it's when your when your personalities go off and they create a, their own life oh for themselves. That's a that's a incredible storyline. Like, yeah. it's just a really good way of uh, depicting multiple personalities, and that's one of those things where it's so far on the other side of the scale where it's like, oh, you're not just like trapped inside this one body going along with your one normal Jane self that is in control. Yeah. No, man, you can just get bap, and you're off. You're mm-hmm. doing your own thing yeah. and having a completely different life. And it's scary. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, Crazy Jane is a lot like Roger from American Dad, just living these lives. Um, and I enjoy that a lot. I, I, when they made that kind of transformation for Roger in that show where they like developed him as that character mm-hmm. who had all these like other, like he yeah, has like a family or something. Yeah. And it's like multiple families. And it's, like, you know, it's like, it doesn't even have to make sense. You don't have to like, there doesn't have to be scientific proof of like how he's doing it all. It's just the fact that they were like, yeah, he's got a family here. It's like, or he's like a serial killer over there. He's like a director mm-hmm. of a movie. And it's like, hell yeah i like i'm about it um and so that was like yeah just just absolutely cool stuff um we have like this little uh this little robot kid shows up yeah and i thought it was like the sweetest thing i thought it was kind of cool i'm still trying to piece it together and i think um my takeaway from it is um I think this kid, so he comes back in like the robot gear that yeah, he has. Yeah, first he sizes up robot man yeah. and then and then walks away. Rides his bike away. And sure. Cycles uh, away. <laughs> um, and then he comes back dressed as a, as a robot in, in his own little outfit. I, it's sweet. It's innocent. I think it's like the same thing as um, somebody walking up to Spider-Man in a store-bought Spider-Man costume. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, I think that guy saw the, the robot man. It's not like he was on TV. It's not like he's a superhero and he didn't mm-hmm. dress up as Cyborg. He That kid realized like, oh, I have my robot costume. I'm going to go put it on and just go to this robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did, What is your takeaway from it? Do you think there was something more to it? Do you think it was just I, supposed um, to be an innocence? I thought it was the, I thought it was a, a, a sense of hope that Robot Man could actually be a good dad. Like a good parent, because we've reached a point where Robot Man has kind of hit rock bottom in the sense of having friends, support, just anyone who could care for him. Because mm-hmm. he he ruins everything with Crazy Jane, and like basically Therapy Patrol, like he ruined everything because a rat got into his body and 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 like made him ruin all his friendships. And so you have a defeated robot man who, again, is not the major character of this episode, which I think is, again, another huge plus that they are able to balance out these characters, that Rita Farr can have a very powerful episode with the original Doom Patrol, and Larry Trainer has a very important episode today, and, and Robot Man has had a very important episode in the past. I, I enjoy that balancing act. But here he is, a defeated robot man, and a kid comes up to him 
and is and is interested by him and accepts that he's a robot and and he just wants to dance with him like mm-hmm. uh, let me show you my robot moves yeah like, that's and, what it is it's just yeah. i'm gonna show you my robot moves that's that's honestly i i probably would have done the same thing i mean if someone if, it seems so weird I, I, that I was, people could judge other people like that like like that people could see a robot man and be like, Oh my God, you're a robot man. And it's like, or be scared. I could see a robot man tomorrow. And I would just be like, you are so cool. Yeah. Like you're awesome. Like I'm sure it sucks. And I, I like, even when I read doom patrol, I'm like, I'm like, dude, your life sucks. Mm-hmm. But there's a, I just wish everyone else had that compassion. And, I think that's what it and is. Empathy for, mm. for someone like that. And, 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 and it not even be forced. Like, like I think about it, and I'm like, I know I would have zero, like, like hesitance to just be like, "Hey, man, you got problems, and I love you." Why does why why does there have to be hesitation to be like, "Oh, he's a robot man"? Mm-hmm. Like, why does there have to be that? I don't I don't get where that comes from, because I know a robot has never like a guy who like. You know, in the case of brain transfer, yeah, like Cliff Steele, like that, like there's no way I could look at that guy and be like, "Ooh, he's a robot. He's a Terminator. He could kill me." I don't know. I just don't get that. Um, And so it was, it was very nice to see like just this kid show up and 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 show Robot Man some compassion. In in the sense of like, I don't even have to know you. I just want to show you my robot moves mm-hmm. and, and which by the way are fantastic. Yeah. That kid really I, knew how to dance. I kind of hope I see some kids dressed up as this robot kid. That's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe do, we should. People do cosplays and they like, they dress up their kids as yeah. well. So if a guy wants to do a robot man cosplay and then have his kid dressed up as a robot kid, yeah. uh, Go I would love, I would love to see a robot kid cosplay. Yeah. Um, and I want to take a picture. Yeah. And it's just like, yo, you're, you're cool, dude. Yeah. Made out of cardboard and, and milk bottles. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was nice. Uh, you know, Larry starts off very, like... Got a little bit of a Guardian feel, mainly just because of yeah. the blue and yellow, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. No, no, but I, yeah, it was just like Robot Man, he was entertaining the kid, and he was having a good time, and, and that was that. Like, that was all there was for it, and, and I think that speaks volume because... That's what I got out of it was a sense that there is there is a good dad in Robot Man. Cliff Steele. Yeah. Cliff Steele and the Cliff good Steel. dad still yeah. exists. Yeah. There is redemption. That's out, what it is. Th- like a sense of redemption, a hope that redemption. Um and and I think that carries on um in the end of their subplot where um like Basically, he goes in and and he he is able to save Crazy Jane from from Karen, which, by the way, was one of the most classic Robot Man and to the T of the character that I have seen to date. Yeah, How him so? him walking in and okay, we're done. Let's go mm-hmm. pick Jane up, throw her over my shoulder, and walk out as the indestructible Robot Man. Yeah. That's just classic Robot Man. I mean, he just does. He goes in, uh, half assesses the situation, realizes if it's good or a bad thing and if it's a bad thing yeah. it's like nope shut it down he's, let's yeah. go let's get uh, we're done we're done here guys yeah, and he that's walks just in and he's like yo this is fucked yeah. and he says and and like even when the family shows up he's like nah this is still fucked get yeah. the fuck out of here we're done i'm just like i'm gonna carry you out of here kind of thing and so 
I thought I thought that was just too that was too good of robot man writing. Yeah. And 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 when Karen asks for robot man to to give her away as the bride like a father would, that's that again brought up that thing where it's like here's here's some more father things for for Cliff Steele. So there there was a sense that he he could he could be that like that there is that kind of value in him. And and I thought that was very clever that they wrote him in, you know, that Karen wanted him to be the, the father of the bride, basically, because he's been seeking that with Crazy Jane. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that leads to... <laughs> Apparently, Hammerhead doesn't like being touched because Kate Chalice, and I'll, that's all I'll say. But yeah. she doesn't like being touched whatsoever. Um, and... Um, th- um, <laughs> I guess we're going to save all the, the rest of Dana the Street for the end of this episode, but let's just talk about the rest of the Karen subplot. Okay. And so Hammerhead pops out. She almost kills Doug, um, only to be stopped by Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, Who reappears. Yeah, but something happens to Karen, and uh kind of excited about it, aren't we? Yeah, we're, it's, uh, we, we've been talking about it for a little bit. Um, she gets... Pulled back in, mm-hmm. um, yeah. forcibly. Like it's, it seems like uh, the other personalities were, were in the right mindset, mm-hmm. but also it's probably a very bad thing. Cause, How so? Uh, because, well, at the end of the episode, it's um, no, it seemed like there was nothing going on, which they've said all throughout this episode that Jane is, she is so far deep in the underground mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it is there is no hope for her coming back up. Uh, she doesn't want to come up. She is so depressed and down that uh, that's where she exists now. She is in the underground, which is the same thing from the book. It mm-hmm. gets to be a point where Jane is just, uh, it's more kind of like a Driver 8 situation where Driver 8 is just like, a, this is where I live. This is it. I am in the underground and I just traverse through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's like what, what Jane, Jane, nah, Jane is more, I think she's, it's like a turtle. You're going into your shell, but on <laughs> far, where, far more where do disturbing we go, level. Nate? <laughs> where are we now? Where is Karen? Karen gets pulled down into the, we, the. You hear some subway noises. You see some tracks, and it is most definitely the underground. Yeah, she's yeah. getting dragged, uh, drag me to hell style. Do you it, see that movie? They did. Have, there was a train track in the Sam there. Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi. Yeah, a wild movie. Yeah. Um. Topher Grace, we uh, gotta be gotta be thankful that we're gonna see the underground. Yeah, finally in the next episode, fingers crossed. We see. Um, I haven't seen the promo for it yet, but I'm I'm hoping we see Driver Eight. Uh, Driver Eight is a very cool character. Um, and you just want to play REM. Oh, I just, I just want to play. Yeah, <laughs> if they if they play REM's Driver Eight in the show, bonus points. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, we do get license. We got freaking Supergrass in the beginning of this episode, and I was ecstatic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great song. I love that song. Uh, yeah, it was when Karen, the uh, Rita was introducing Karen. Mm-hmm. The we are young, bam, we are free. You know that song. I'm not going to sing the whole thing. Yeah, I know it. Supergrass. Cliff <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Steele could be going into the underground, which would be a huge thing if you haven't read that issue where. Robot Man enters the underground in Grant Morrison's books. 
boy, does that thing get dark. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's a wild so ride. That's that's where you find out the or the true origin of Crazy Jane, the reason that her trauma is split into 64 personalities for her to cope. Um, so tomorrow, or next week's episode could be extremely dark. Um, so very, very much looking forward to that. But the, 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 how do you even say it? Like what happens in this episode? Danny the contrast was- of the things that Jane is going through is what, what's happening in, on Danny the street is it's the opposite in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's 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 being free. It's being it's being free of that that restraint that you have found yourself under, especially Agent Morris and uh, Mora Lee. It's it's being free from that, and it's it, like it's it's almost as if Jane right now in this show mm-hmm. can't even exist in Danny the Street. It's almost like as if it that character's not wouldn't allow it because mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite. Yeah. It's something that is so free and and unchained and untethered and to free to be about who you really are whatever however many personalities you have. But then there's Jane that is like 64 Iron Maidens as a Russian doll set. Yeah, Russian dolls Larry Trainer. But <laughs> oh, I was talking about yeah. Where do you, what Crazy were you referencing? Jane. Like yeah, it's an underground. We'll just keep it at that. They created the simile, we can use it. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so again, Jane is still so far deep in that underground that um, she's lost. And I think that mm-hmm. that character mm-hmm. wouldn't even be able to exist in Day in the Street because what we get with Larry and Vic, particularly Larry, is incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this There's a moment that happens, the moment that happens in Danny Patrol. And now we're talking about it an, an hour and a half in. And so I'm hoping you guys have stayed to, to listen to this part, but we have to talk about what I'm, I guess I'm just calling Larry's big moment. like The perpetual cabaret. The perpetual cabaret. They, they've they got to keep this party going. And so they bring they bring Larry Trainer. They, they need him to sing. It's karaoke night, they need man. Him to, they need him to do his thing. And he's like, I don't sing. And, 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 and then it gets into this, this big number and, Man, I'm so thankful this is a TV show because this would never happen in a movie. You know, you brought it up in the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. but like, if if Doom Patrol was just like a two hour movie, it's one that wouldn't be able to do it any justice. Yeah, and then we got to wait three years for another movie mm-hmm. that's two hours. We would never get this. And you would get things like big Justice League type things, or like the, like the Mister Nobody story would be boiled down to two hours. Yeah, I honestly think like if they did a Doom Patrol movie, like it would be the decreator recreator thing, as like a like a, a Nernheim or Orthwith yeah, type like it would adventure. Be, that would be yeah. the movie. Like crawling from the wreckage would be like the a movie, and and we would never really get this moment, and and. I'm so thankful that this is a TV show. This is why TV shows exist, so that we have hours and hours to to allow writers to write things out, to to really get to what's most important about writing stories, and and, and so this moment that happens with Larry Trainer is like, this is like some no man's land. By the way, just comparing it on the other show Titans, there's in my opinion, nothing in that show came close. To nothing what in that this show episode. came close. And 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 I say that even like especially nothing else in Doom Patrol came this close. Yeah. Uh, I I mean if anything like 
there's there's this big Larry's like Larry's big moment, like whatever you want to call it, like this big number, and then like second and third place are like in rock bottom and compared to this and and it's it's the doom doom patrol patrol ending where it's like they got to take their photos but they also got to take their pills and then there's like the hank and dawn episode where i was like i watched that episode three times and this is like this was (laughs) such an emotional reaction from both of us like a delayed bomb and it was like it uh, hurt oh but in all the good ways they like when I say this is like some no man's land shit, like this was like when I saw Wonder Woman in theaters and, and you see the no man's land scene and, and, and you swell up and you choke up a little bit. Um, like this was like some, some toy story three shit, like the ending where it's like, it's so great. And like this number is so well done. And, and, and Matt bomber is fucking singing his ass off and, yeah. and everyone's performing their goddamn ass off and and you're like and you're like damn this guy's going to fucking find himself like this is fucking cool this is it this is like, like you so, got it matt so empowering and it was just matt it's okay be free go as if the negative spirit and the negative energy don't even exist i thought this i thought this is what we were working towards when when you and i talk every week about this show and we go wow i wonder we're like you know because his his development has been a slow build. And I always thought like, or I was thinking like in this episode, when I was watching the scene, I was like, this is his big moment where the chains come off and he lives his life and, and he finally comes to like a plane of acceptance. <sighs> Boy, was I betrayed. But I, man, I, I want to give this Tom guy a hug. I want to shake his hand. I want to do... It was amazing, and you say you were betrayed, but yes, I w- yes, it was a betrayal, but it was so goddamn good. This is this so is, good. It was the the editing for the moment where it's it's this thing you're so wrapped up in. You want yeah, it was. You want to like jump through the TV and join the party. And it's you really did. You wanted to be in Danny the Street. And it's you just wanted like, to, you wanted to go to the cabaret. You wanted to start singing. You wanted to run in there and and join everybody. And you wanted to make Danny feel better again. Like you just wanted nothing else in the world mattered. Nothing else in the world mattered except bringing that party to Danny the Street. I couldn't. I couldn't believe they were able to pull off such a like sixty to zero. Like mm-hmm. like complete. Just a flawless stop. cut. Like just. Like that was almost like um, some like I don't know if you ever seen the "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared" videos, but they do editing decisions like that where it's just like, all right, and we're back, and mm-hmm. it, and it's depressing, and it's like, what the fuck? I, like you and I, I think we both like independently reeled in pain for like a solid. Oh, I cried. Like for, I, there were te- tears in my eyes. Like five seconds where I was just like. This motherfucker like seriously you can just cut this shit like this you can, like it was so i had to gather myself i didn't know if it was real i didn't know and then it was very like it was very depressingly like it, real like it was some like red wedding shit where i'm like you really gonna fucking do this right now like yeah like this is all like some fucking bullshit dream that you really like and i'm so and, and well done. Like I thought, I thought we were in a moment of clarity. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought we were in a moment like, 
that was a light at the end of so the tunnel. The, well, so what is that? His dream is that is he just invi- like yeah? That's what he wanted. Yeah, but he that he he wanted to be able to be why do we free do of that all the tethers, and he he's a negative man. Why do we do that to ourselves? That's Larry Trainer. Literally, like he wants to grab that microphone, but he doesn't. He just says, "I don't sing." That cut. Yeah, he he followed it up with the I don't sing and it cuts back to reality and he doesn't have the big musical Kelly Clarkson number. He doesn't have the karaoke oh thing. The party isn't happening. Danny is still in you know boarded up and in distress. The dancers are 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 just, you know, backstage not joining the party, not singing. It's it wasn't it wasn't good and it hurt so bad that Larry didn't that he didn't do that, that he wasn't accepting all of it that was presented before him, that he just wasn't going out and doing what he wanted to do. That's what I'm taking from it. That is what the cabaret singing number was what Larry wanted to do. He wanted to accept and be accepted into Danny the street and into the cabaret. And it was amazing. You you said it yourself. His singing was on point, but anyway, the cut to him, not to reality and, yeah. and cut to reality. Just it stung. And that's exactly what Doom Patrol is. It's yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. what Doom Patrol is. And that is. goes back to where you were saying Danny the Street is escapism mm-hmm. in a world where is it is not escapism, and and that 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 is the reality of that universe where it's like no, it's, it's only Danny the Street that people want to live and and live like that. <laughs> Kudos, Tom. Listen, I you got me and. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I hated it. it and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it with every fiber of my being. Yeah. Like I said, this is this this one hour long bit of entertainment in a video format was one of the best things that I have ever experienced watching. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is honestly a negative man that we've never seen before in comics. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that could be like you know, someone could be like, this is my absolute favorite iteration of Negative Man. Like, this, like, I can't wait for people to, for this show to exist for like a year or two and, and people start to say, Negative Man is my favorite superhero. Like, we're going to get to that point. Mark, I could not tell you how, <laughs> <laughs> how happy, how weirded out, how angry, how whatever those feelings are, all the feelings, if someone utters that, if that is a normal conversation, just as easy mm-hmm. as a Batman, yeah. Superman thing, that will, that's just turning my entire world upside mm-hmm. down. We are, uh, convention season just started. Mm-hmm. And, and as we go to conventions, get ready to see some negative man. Oh, cosplay. I'm, I've always, I make it a point to try to find negative man cosplay. You ever on seen convention. one? Yeah. I've seen some oh, really shit. good ones. Damn. Okay. And it's like, that's awesome. I've also seen again, like, and it's, and it's weird because this is another character that the internet is going bonkers over. It's plastic man with a uh, Ben Schwartz wanting mm. to be fan cast as Yo, plastic. Yeah, man. I want I, it. I love, yeah, me too. It's perfect. But he I've wants also, it so bad. I plastic man was one of those things. Can I tell you something? Hmm? I've, whenever you, mm-hmm. you look like plastic man. I've felt that I would very much. That was one of those things where it's like, what superhero would you like to be cast at? I was always. I never really said it, but it was just like, uh, I wouldn't mind a plastic man. Yeah, I mean, you look like Ben Schwartz too, so you could pull that off. He's got a nose. Sorry, Nate. Mine's not that big. It's not no, like it's my not, mother's. No, you're not. I'm, I'm making fun of you, but you could you could pull off any. <laughs> anyway, it's any like character. it's always the negative man or the plastic man. Like those offbeat heroes is what I try to look for. And man, 
I'm ready to see. I wanted to do a negative man costume, but it's just, I think it's, it's too a much. Lot of work. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot it's of a lot work. work. It's a lot. And uh, it's probably extremely hot. Yeah. You got to find those goggles that he gets. Oh, no. I liked the uh, the pointy ones, like the Rebus and oh, the like Gerard the, Way ones. Yeah. Uh, Squirtle Squad yeah, I glasses. Yeah, like, I like those. Yeah. And I like the fur coat. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Air Force jacket or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then Rebus has like a tie, like a suit and tie at one point, like with his, with just a trench coat. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerard Way has, uh, I think there's a line in it where it's like a little bit of old and a little bit of new. So mm-hmm. uh, he's get the he's got the old uh, red and white, purple and white, whatever it is, yeah. jumpsuit. Anyway, to to kind of wrap up this episode, um, morally caber- uh, morally corrupt, um, finally faces off with Darren. 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 And he's also he's in the book. Darren's in the in really? volume two. Yeah. Whoa. It's a thing. I don't know how. Um. I don't think it's a. I can't remember if it's a thing. A normal normal bureau of normal norm, mm-hmm. bureau of normalcy. The bureau of normalcy. I don't know how much it is. Um. Can't remember. But uh. Darren is is there. Yeah. And and it's a very empowering moment. Again, it's one of those moments where I was like, <laughs> please give this episode out for free to people just to win them over into the DC universe app. Like it's a very empowering moment. Again, we're in Florida. The the community here is, is huge, uh, for this, for this type of episode. And, and I would love to show, you know, some of my friends who don't follow DC comics, be like, Mm -hmm. look how cool this episode is. Yeah. And, and empowering and, and accepting and supporting. And, and it's a very great moment, um, that morally cabaret just, fucking destroys a dude with her pumps i was like oh you yeah. said it you're like i don't even want to be kicked in i the don't face. ever want to be kicked in the face <laughs> yeah and you said especially not by with pumps and and it's especially like, not pumps yeah, yeah. like no shit. thanks no fucking thanks um but so danny the street and 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 all the danny's of the cabaret um uh, they, they defeat basically this squad of the bureau of normalcy um and cyborg helps Danny the street restore itself. Um, and the dialogue between them is very cool. How he tries to ask for help. But then as soon as he mentions Mr. Nobody, Danny is like, like no can do. Yeah. Um, but Victor asks for help despite all that. And there's something that Danny gives Cyborg, which I was very curious about. Yeah, and um, it's a it's a common theme in uh, Danny the Street, Danny Land, Danny in general. What is it? The comic stand, Danny Comics. Oh yeah, there is, and in, in yeah. Gerard Way's book, even in this one, Danny the Danny the comic store is a is a storefront. And and so what is Danny it? Comics? Because I saw Negative Man in that. So it's, it's is really, it a metaphysical comic book? It's extremely metaphysical because well in. Um, it's extremely metaphysical because one, it's a comic book playing on top of comic books in it. Yeah, you get um, what is the comic book? Th- bah, be bah, bah, Blaze Comics, like regular DC. You get okay. like Blaze Comics okay. stuff like that. But okay. Danny Comics is source wall stuff. It's, yeah, it's source wall stuff. It's it's adventures that could happen. It's adventures that did happen. It's adventures that could never happen. It's adventures that you just need information on on what you're going through. It's also like writing itself at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The main one to go to is the Gerard Way Volume One Doom Patrol when um, Casey gets into yes. the comic store, yes, and she's reading about herself, 
that yes. she is a creation of Danny, which again, metaphysical and blow in my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, it, and it's very, very, it's very uh, informative. Mm-hmm. Um, there's elements that, that are presented to Casey that tells her that she is a, a, a super, a metahuman. Mm-hmm. She's not a, a mm-hmm. normal, you know, she doesn't have a, a, a regular life. She is exactly where she should be. And that was like a Danny land thing where it's like, yeah, we're, we've been waiting for you. Yeah. Flex Mentalis says, Casey, everybody in the cabaret knows you. Are you kidding? Like, you are famous. You are, yeah. the, uh, you are the shining child of Danny. And it's a, yeah. it's a good thing. So uh, Vic picking up the comic book of the, the, da- the, the, the Adventures, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Deadly Adventures, mm-hmm. I think is what mm-hmm. it was, something like that. Um, I think that's going to be more informative. Do you yeah. think that was supposed to be, that's, that's like a look at, we didn't get to see it very much. Um, um, I, I didn't, I didn't pause and, and, and scan it and, and really break it down, but I think, so what we know from Danny is that he's able to kind of be a storyteller. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it was, uh, especially in the Gerard Way one, it was like, this is what happened in the past. And it was the, the little small world ride with the doom patrol and them fighting on the Danny street. Um, and it was, it was information for Casey. I think this is kind of that same element where this might've been a comic book talking about Mr. Nobody and a little bit more into, Maybe what he did to Niles. Maybe it was Niles and Mister Nobody having their adventures or misadventures, anything like that. But I think the comic book and the comic stand is supposed to be an informative piece. Yeah, and and I'm hoping in the future that like maybe something happens to the Doom Patrol. I I, I think it's it's good not to talk about the actual comic book that he gets in this episode because in in future episodes he will dive into it and that's when it's grounds for us to actually talk about what he's what he's looking at but mm-hmm. um i'm hoping uh in future episodes when they when they do introduce Casey and and the ambulance and and that if they do i don't know if they would i, I mean she's she's a main character for that iteration but i don't know if she could if she, mm, I, I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that would be kind of cool because I think I think what they could do is is start a season that follows Casey and 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 end a season where the Doom Patrol are are kind of destroyed and scattered like that um, by a certain thing and 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 then like and and start the show with with Casey. I think um, Stranger Things season two did that. Where it was like it started with like a different character. I wouldn't know. I didn't. This uh, the I, second season. Oh, that was the third one that came out with the trailer. I guess the second season started with the like someone was already out. Like they were running away from like a a a, um, a facility, and it wasn't the characters that we're normally used to. But it was like that. So it could have been one of those things where like they like a new season introduces Casey and they start with her mm-hmm. and they use her to find the doom patrol again. Like I think there's some, like the way Gerard way does it, mm-hmm. I think is a good way to start a season where you can, you can end it on a really like empire strikes back, like on a shit note where mm-hmm. it's like the doom patrol are completely fucked. And then Casey comes in and is able to, and then, and then the audience is like, Hey, cool. There's a cool character here now called Casey. So I would like to see that happen. Just saying, um, but I think that's I think that's it. I've, I mean, we could probably go on and on and on yeah. about this episode, like, and like, I probably will for the next couple of days here. Yeah, I, I definitely was already texting people, just be like, "You got to watch the episode tonight. Like, you have got to watch it and 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 really just soak it all in." 
Um, because we, we even watch Doom Patrol with people who don't follow Doom Patrol that well, mm-hmm. but they love the show. And I'm like, okay, but this one you gotta watch and, and you gotta let me know as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, it is an episode I would love to talk, uh, to the writers of Doom Patrol about and just be like, yo, this is some crazy stuff you guys are writing mm-hmm. and you guys are doing a great job. And I think what's, what's so cool about it is you guys are adapting something. And normally when you're adapting something that's already written, it's like you could just ride the rails and be like... Yeah, it's like, like hey, here's an abridged form. Exactly, exactly. Like but you, at the same time, this is using things from elements from the source material, but at the same time, it's it, it's an original story. Yeah, yeah. It, and um, like the way they they are really making this their own and they're doing such a great job with it and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a hive mind writers room show where it was like we had to just you know adapt the comic books and put it out it almost feels like every episode is like one of the writers turned to shine where they go mm-hmm. this it's a love letter yeah this is my love letter version of doom patrol in a in a season where it's like it's all connected you know, it's mm-hmm. not just with like the Doom Patrol in like the eighties was like here's four, here's four issues of a story. Now they're in a different story. Now the Scissor Men are here. Mm-hmm. Now it's the Cult of the Unwritten Book. This is like all strung together, but each writer has their episode to like showcase off their talents. And so, yeah, absolutely, I could not be more excited for future episodes in the show and, and and so proud not only that it exists but that this show is fucking phenomenal like it's so like awesome it's so awesome it's, so, it's my favorite thing in the world right now yeah absolutely mark i look forward to these friday nights uh, where we get i to do watch too TV and i do too i'm so glad i'm so glad um yeah it's awesome so we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you could chat with us, Nathan and I, about today's episode and tell us what you thought. Please tell us what you thought so we can talk about it some more uh, for another two hours. And uh, yeah, DJ, please take it away. I know this is no place for normalcy, so calling all abominations, you're always welcome just down the street. This has been Do Patrol Radio, and we'll catch you here next time out in the void.